Cav BL Radio is back. We are coming to you on Tuesday, about three and a half hours, a little bit less, till RFA is due. Um, little uh, out of season podcast here. I'm not going to go into you know teams nearly as much. It's going to be more. I'm doing a uh, top twenty players. So this is not trade value. This is not you know. Who would you start a franchise with? It would be one season draft. Who are the top 20 guys on my list? Um, I have 25. I, I What I did was I went through every team and I wrote who I thought might be on it. So um, as I went through, you know, I, I ended up with like 34 names. And then obviously you start crossing some off as you see. But I wanted to get a good base list. I didn't want to miss anybody. So I clicked on every team. Who I thought it would be, and I, you know, started moving guys up and down from there. Um, but before I get into that, just want to talk about the season and the draft. Um, I think that the new draft has been incredible. Um, the just having ratings and letters and not having any sort of um, what what was it called? Uh, scouting has been incredible because you do get guys that drop, um, you know, i.e. my last podcast, which also had to do with progressions more so than just straight where, where they were drafted. But, you know, in this draft, a, a guy I, I was lucky enough to get, but a, a guy like Timkins was able to fall to seven. And if there was scouting, there's, I, I just don't think there's any way that he goes below two or three, maybe even one. So I just, you know, the draft was fun. The Heat, the Heat get two guys. The Knicks already are making a ton of moves. Um, and then the Wolves add a, a nice-looking uh, shooting guard who very well averaged, you know, 18 to 20 points. So exciting for a, a lot of the teams in the, the lotto. And then obviously last season, you know, as, as much fun and content as Goulet puts out and talk and chatter and bullshit that happens, you know, in reality, there was one team and there was nobody else to challenge them. Um, so congrats to him. That's the only props I'm going to give him. He, uh, At least it comes to an end this year. Um, Divine should leave. He has three shooting guards on his roster. Uh, X and I were talking about, you know, Divine says play for winner. You know, is that, you know, um, franchise score? Is that win-loss record or is that, you know, winning as of like recently because I mean recently the Kings have two titles so he might want to stay his security is I think good but his loyalty is poor so you know I would guess that he has like a 25% chance to keep divine and outside of that I you know Lions Heat Lakers or you know three of the four with cap all the high up franchise score all records so we will see moving forward what ends up coming with that so, there's my props to Mike. I'll touch on the draft. And now we will get into my top 20 list. So, the guys that just missed the cut, I won't, I won't go too far into it. Um, I had Walter Cruz. Uh, just outside, I had him 25. I had him, you know, he just doesn't have enough defense. He scores, but there's just not enough with him in my mind, that, you know, vaults him over some of the guys that are ahead of him. At 24, I had Bailey. 
Um, you know, his his one through nines on offense just keep dropping. You know, he's still a valuable player person, but you know, if I'm picking for this season, you know, at some point that's got to wear on him, and for him to have a five PO just eventually it has to hurt. Um, you know, his his rebounding has stayed solid. His defense is still good, but I have him just out, you know, outside the top twenty. Uh, I had Jeremy Sachs at what's that make it twenty three. Um, we talked a little bit about him in chat last night. I just he seems to be a guy that just never got the boost. He's got the rebounding, which is incredible. He's got the I think he's three positions. I should know. I made him. Um, but he just seems to he doesn't have the volume to be a go-to scorer. Um, so I'm trying to find him. What the fuck? So his rebounding is top notch. He, you know, he does block a little, especially if you play him at the shooting guard. It's nice. And his defense went through nines. You know, he can't really play power forward with nine, seven, five, nine, but, um, you would like more scoring out of a guy that you're going to start a team with. Um, I will get to his teammate a little bit later. Uh, at 22, I had Lasecki. Uh, I think he made a jump this year. I think in the chat we were talking, um, he went second in the draft to Sachs, and I think right now I take him over Sachs. He's got the steals. He's got one through nines. Um, not enough volume to really be uh, in the upper echelon, especially because he doesn't seem to shoot the two all that well. Shoots the three thirty-eight percent. And he only shot, he shot less than a quarter, eh, about a quarter of his shots were threes, and he still only shot 42%. So clearly he struggles from inside. You know, nothing wrong with that. It still averaged 19 points. But, you know, he doesn't have enough of the tangibles. Not a great rebounder. Doesn't really pass. So he doesn't have enough of the other stuff to really make him a top notch uh, go to player and then at 21 I had uh, Luther Johnson from the Wolves I will cite their team so you can follow along he uh, you know he's like I've talked about in the past he stayed the course he has literally been almost the exact same since draft day a little bit of fluctuation his defense has gotten better Um, you know I was talking I've talked I talked to probably five or six GMs throughout the the last couple days about a top list. And Ricky actually has Luther in his top 10. Um, He thinks he's underrated due to his, um, what team he's on and how bad they've been. And, you know, he couldn't really showcase his skills. But my thing was, this was the first year he scored 20 points. You know, typically he was, his highest before this was 17.9. And that was back with the Thunder. And then with the Wolves, he's, you know, three years in the under 17 and one year above it. So, you know, can he score, especially in the right setup? Absolutely. But, you know, for me, I had him just outside of the top 20. Okay. So now that we've done a little, you know, just missed the cut, I will get right into the top 20. Uh, Starting at 20, uh, for the Celtics, 
I have Hu Ziao. I have no freaking clue how to say his name. Um, yeah, Ziao, Ziao. I don't think it fucking matters. So he's been on a team with Sand for the last couple seasons. So I feel like he flies under the radar, and I think I definitely underestimated him before I started looking at ratings. He was a guy, as I went through, you know, you kind of see some things, and there's a guy in my top 10 that I would not have guessed would have been in my top 10 without actually looking at the ratings. But Hugh has the points, you know, he's high volume with high, with good efficiency, he can rebound. He has a little bit of blocks, and he has some defense. You know, he's not the best well-rounded defender, but, I mean, for once. Not one season, but if you're building a team around this guy, it can definitely be done. Um, I think for him, what stops him from being elite is he doesn't really have the free throws. Um, you know, you add, obviously, if you add free throws, he gets more points, but it's just, you know, it would be huge. He averaged almost 24 a game on a team with sand, but he only took 350 less shots. So. You know, it's not like he wasn't getting his shots on that team. But there weren't a lot of other guys. And, you know, there's a chance that we get to see what he can do next year because he's under contract for two more years. And if Sand walks, he's going to be the guy trying to pull them to the playoffs next year before, uh, you know, probably before he sells off because, sorry, my laptop keeps getting uh, frozen. Um you know, he'll get to his showcase to try to keep them from giving up a lotto pick to the, the Lakers, which is what, you know, the reason Ken traded Aaron in the first place. Um, but, yeah, his I, – I just – not having looked at his team in a while just because, you know, you know they're at the top of the, the conference, but they were never – like, in my mind, they were never really a threat. I think I made that perfectly clear. But, you know, he's a – He's a nice little player. I still would have preferred Wagstaff over him, which I think somehow I don't know all the trades, but that would that's who he ended up with instead of Wagstaff. So in my mind, especially with Sand, I would have liked the passing of Wagstaff better. But can't fault LGC for trying something different. Um, but yeah, coming in at 20 is Hugh, and next season we might get to see him push towards the, the 28-29 threshold without all the shots going to Sand. At 19, I have Anton Sugar. Sugar, Sugar. I, I'm going to butcher these names. I am not one for names. Uh, he's on the Clippers. One of the more talked about guys this season. He uh, came over in a trade last offseason from the Warriors for Sudbury. And Sugar, until last year, had not shot over 36%. And one and thirty percent from three, and this year, of course, X finds a way to get him to shoot forty-seven thirty-nine, just under a tick each, averaging thirteen point seven. And what makes that so valuable is that he might be the best wing defender in the league. Eighty-five steals, and he's nine nine six nine. He's shooting guard, small forward eligible. So, you know, if as as you go through guys like the reason I would want him over Lasecki is. You just get, you know, if you can find a way to corral his his shooting a little bit and keep him in line, his defense gives you a chance right off the bat. So, you know, don't want to compare him to every player. 
And I think that his volume, if you can find a way to get him to shoot better, which I don't know what X does, I don't know what pep talk he gives them, but then his point, you know, he averaged almost 14 a game last year on decent percents and, you know, clearly top, top-notch top defense. So, you know, moving moving into I can't move him up. I just don't see, you know, amazing value, just especially because he doesn't score, and that's one of the – I actually said that to Chile today when he gave me his list. He had Danville on there, who I don't even have, and I don't have him on my top 26, or I guess top 25. But, you know, I, I think that everybody's going to have a different list. I think that Sugar is going to be high up on some, and I don't uh, – Ricky didn't have Sugar in his top 20. So I just think that he's a polarizing player, and if you're somebody – like Omar or Bubbles or X, that this guy's going to be probably top 10 on your list. And for guys who don't want to deal with the efficiency issues or figuring that out, he's going to be off your list. Um, I would like to think I would like to try to work with this guy, but I don't know that I have the touch for him. So he comes in at 19. Moving right along. Um, The guy that I gave to Oklahoma City comes in at 18. I gave the Thunder a lotto pick after Bo left, and it became Rafi. And Rafi has become an offensive star. You know, 72-61 with 53-76 free throw. It's just, it's good. And his three-point is 34-41. He's not shooting a ton of threes, but he still shoots them relatively efficiently. Um. I think you would want him, especially because he's power forward, small forward. So if you're playing the power forward, what he doesn't have is the the rebounding or the post defense. You know, he's eight five five six on defense. So he really, for me, for him to really take the jump moving forward, he needs some defensive one through nines, and then you know some rebounding. But I would not be upset if this was a guy that I had to build a team around. Because you know you're getting points. You you know, he averaged 27 last year, and I believe he got boosts. So you got to figure he's going to be pushing 28, 29, and pushing for, you know, a top five spot scoring-wise in the league. Now, he's a guy that when I initially did it, I had him higher, especially because he can score. But as I started going through everybody else, he he doesn't have – the steals or the blocks or the the defense to push him over some of the guys ahead of him, including his teammate, which we'll see later in this pod. Um, but again, I wouldn't be upset if this was the guy that I landed at 18 and knew that I would, could mail in 28, 29 points, you know, and then you, you can build a team around him. But he, you know, and him being only 24, I can only imagine what he's going to be in the future. Um, but as far as one season, his, his points alone can, can help carry a team. Coming in at 17, guy I drafted, he now resides on the Pacers, Ladarius Cromwell. Ladarius? Did I say that right? Well, you guys can all make fun of how I speak later. Cromwell took a hit this, po- this, yeah, this offseason, lost to PD. His offense is still versatile. He can still he still shoots from the outside. He has the high percent. 
you know, but if you you look at him, his his numbers are almost the exact offensively to to Rafi. Rafi's actually a little bit better offensively, I think. But Cromwell has a little bit more versatility offense. He has a nine six 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 instead of the eight five five six. But then, you know, Cromwell doesn't really steal or pass or block either. So it's you know, as as great as Cromwell has been in his career and at one point he led the Clippers to the title. You know, I think Rafi could possibly be better. If not, you know, his his floor is, looks like it could be Cromwell, which is crazy and would not have been said on draft day. But anyway, you know, speaking of Cromwell, he gets to the free throw line, shoots the free throws at an effective clip again. This is a guy that can mail in 27, 28 points, and you just – he can play both positions and he can play them somewhat effectively. He doesn't, he did lose the PD and, you know, probably a little bit less rebounding than you would hope from, from a big and definitely no blocks. But again, like the theme with a few of these guys points went out, you need points obviously to win. And this guy is somebody you slot in and you don't have to worry about him not getting you points. All right. Moving on. I'm trying the two screens, Crest, just like you said, and it's just it keeps keeps catching and not going fully over. There we go. All right, coming in at, what's that, 15, 2019, 18, 17, 16, is Clint Wagstaff back to the Thunder here. This will be the last time we touch on the Thunder in this one, but he, Wagstaff, Gets a few slots higher than his uh, running mate, mostly because of his passing. Um, his his free throw is incredible, seventy four seventy nine, and he shoots the three at an effective clip. His his volume is actually higher than Rafi too, but where he really just shines over most power forwards is assists. He averaged. 5.6, 5.7 assists last year, which out of out of the power forward spot is, you know, a really valuable weapon. We saw what, you know, a guy that could pass out of the center position in this draft, you know, he was almost a virtual lock for a top five spot. So passing out of a non-dominant, out of a non-passing position, you know, is is valuable. Look at, I mean, every, Parsons has been traded like four times because people, people valued the passing of him. Um, Wagstaff's downfall is his defense is just, it's not there. 8-4-6-4, but he is strong and versatile on offense, 6-8-8-7. You know, that eight drive out that we're, we're going to talk about with Fallwall later. You know, Wagstaff has the eight, you know. He, he's not somebody that matches up well with with most of the guys there, um, guys can't really match up with him. But again, he can't stop anybody, so that it kind of ends up being being a wash on that aspect. So Wagstaff wins out by getting his teammates involved. Um, I initially had him a little bit lower, mostly because he can't really rebound. Thirty forty nine is just not cutting it for a power forward, but his passing. Again, at, at, at a position of like power forward is just it's too much to overlook for me. Now again, these are my rankings. These are not, you know, everybody's gonna have different rankings. Um 
the only ones that gave me full rankings were were Chili and and Ricky as far as what they had one to twenty. And just for argument's sake, he actually had Ricky had Wagstaff at um, fifteen. And let's see, where did Chili? This two monitor thing's not really working for me. Chili does not have Wagstaff listed. So again, to each their own. Um, Chili did say he went off the top of his head, so there's it's clear that he could miss somebody. But he had somebody. I'll just touch on his quick. He had Cruz, Danville, Mercer, right in like the Bailey, right in the middle of his his grouping, which I have none of them in my top top twenty. I only had Bailey and Cruz in my top twenty five. I had Danville just outside it, and then Mercer's a little bit lower because right now you're not winning anything with Mercer. I think I pretty much proved that last year. Uh, I'm gonna probably prove it again this year, but. Off the top of his head, it's funny because Chile, you know, one of the most, if not the most respected GM in the league, has a different view on on certain people. And as we get closer, you know, the, I feel like as I did this, you could – obviously the whole thing could be – I, I did it originally in sections. It was, you know, the top – I have a top three – then there's you know four or five guys that fall into a second tier, so it was almost a tier for me. But there's some guys that I have in like a, a tier that you know Chili has at 12. So we'll get into that later. But it's just so funny that certain GMs you can look at these same ratings and and see so many different things with them. But yeah, he doesn't even have Wagstaff. So moving forward. Uh, uh, residing in, oh, speaking of Chile, residing in Toronto, Gerald Zampa, I have coming in at 15. If I could find their page, that would be great. Zampa is a weird player. He doesn't have the defense. He has a six PD, which, you know, seems to be the thing that knocks these guys down. They can all score this kind of like grouping that we I just went through. Their defense is just not as strong and capable as as you would need it to be to push yourself up this this board. But Zampa, what he doesn't have with the one through nines, he has he has blocks and he has steals. So not often do you find a, a power forward, I think he can play center too, that is getting you two point four steals and three point two blocks. And it's not just that that he brings. He he's also can score. He's got the volume. He's got a decent FTA. And then he shoots a three at a relatively effective clip, too. I, his other downfall is he's just a horrific rebounder. And it seems to be like with this this group that I just went through with Rafi and Wags and and now Zampa, it's they have the scoring. They have something else that's impressive about them. And then they have, no, you know, deficiencies on defense. So it's just, uh, you're, you'll see a theme with me. I, Not that I need both sides of the ball, because obviously um, one side or the other is stronger. But even like Sugar, he's not higher up because he, for me, doesn't do as much defensively as he, offensively as he could do to help a team. So I was going through and... You know, I had Zampa on the list originally, and I was kind of pushing him down. And then you kind of look, and his offense is similar to a lot of guys in the league. 
but steals and blocks, you just I outside of Gargan, I don't know that there's another guy I can't think off the top of my head. Maybe Baker. I don't know what Bakers are. Maybe he's in the 50s. But this guy's over 70 for both steals and blocks. So clearly what he doesn't do through one through nines, the 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 counting numbers actually add up for him. So he's he's a fun little like niche player that fell into a team where they're just running gone. You know, he's got two other guys that that will make this list that I have higher than him. And you know, for him to fall into a nice third little spot, you know, he might score more than Lou, but his his overall impact isn't just on the offensive end, which you know, has him on this list in the first place. I'm trying to run through this because I want to talk more about the top guys and the bottom guys, and I kind of just end up talking. So I'm trying to move through this. So I apologize if I'm not sta- staying enough on your guys. All right, so we are on to 14. Uh, we're going to go to the Knicks. I have Kowalski. And, again, this is – with me not competing right now, I, I don't – necessarily click on everyone's page. I'm not seeing everybody's ratings. I I look more at stats than I do ratings when I'm not competing because I don't need to worry about matching up against Kowalski or Zampa. So this was a fun little little thing for me to dive into and see what ratings actually are and not just what what they're producing. Um, Kowalski is never going to be that high-end scorer. He doesn't have the free throws or, or the 2GA to really be someone that can carry an offensive load. But He's got the rebounds. He can pass. Now, for me, out of my point guard, I want steals. So this would be something that it, I think that if he had 55, 60 steals instead of 24, you know, he's easily a top 10 player in the league. What are you doing over there, Kat? Um, but he also doesn't turn the ball over. He played 35 minutes a game, didn't even turn it over twice. So you, you pan over to his defensive one through nines, and it's just – He's got the six nine six seven, which you know we've talked about. There's not a ton of scoring point guards, although this batch of that X just created makes it look like it's going to be a little bit more scoring. A little, you're going to need a little bit more defensive point guard. But his one through nine offense isn't amazing. He's a really solid point guard. Nothing amazing, but you know he's a he's a guy that he had two triple doubles last year. He's had six in his career, averaging seventeen six and a half six and a half. You know, really good, really good numbers. Um, but for me, I would I would want steals for him to be to crack the top ten. Um, the reason that I have him over guys like Zampa and Wags and Raffy is because he does play a little bit of defense. Now he might not have the steals, but um, he has a defensive one through nines, and he has a a well rounded offensive game that just kind of pushed him over over those guys for me. Now, I'm not one that's going to say this is a foolproof list. I'm not that fucking stupid. But, you know, these are what I did. And, I, you know, I did these and I, I've been looking over time. But I can completely see why this guy would not be on your list or would be bottom, you know, 19 or 20. I have him a little bit higher. And, you know, Andre has a good team around him. I'm not a Parsons fan. I'm just, I'm not. But the Parsons passing next to him was probably... You know, needed. I'm curious to see what he can do without as much passing around him, and that would be my worry. Taking him to build a team around 
is that he does shoot enough that you would like passing in other places to uh, to help him out. Moving on to 13. I have one of the three kings. I have Trauber here. Now, we talked about him kind of at length in, in my last pod about how much he's, how good he's gotten from when he was drafted. But it he has some of the higher steals of guys on this list. Um, he's got 93 steal. He's a 7-8-4-9 defensively and a 9-9-4-9 offensively. And he showed it in the playoffs. He shot 48% from three. He shot 54% overall. You know, it's just he fell into the perfect situation, too, I think, to use his his skills. Now, when Divine leaves, I'm going to be really curious to see what Trauber does for Mike. He, uh, What Trauber doesn't do is bring anything but steals, really. He averages six, he averaged six rebounds, but he's so efficient from three. He shoots them at a high clip. It's just, it's, he's a great, great second wheel. Um, not second wheel, but, you know, third wheel, I guess, for the Kings. And going to be fun to see what he can do as the, kind of the second, you know, second ball dominant guy come next season. Um, if, to jolt him into the top 10, he would have needed something with assists, um, or more rebounding to really just be as well-rounded as you would love out of a, a shooting guard small forward combo. But I will say that it was impressive because he was kind of a shoot he was a shooting guard that was playing out of position because Divine was so good at shooting guard. Um so maybe next season he moves into shooting guard and we see his numbers skyrocket. For whatever reason. I don't know if that's how it works, but it'd be interesting to see. All right, coming in at 12, we're going to go back to Landros. We're going to go to Denver and Alan Barber. This is another guy that his offense is there. He's got high 3 GA with 87, 41%. He's got 2 GA, 52, 58. Gets the free throw line a little bit. His rebounding is okay, and his defense is passable, 7-3-7-3. And he's kind of a mismatch on offense at the power forward position. He's nine, six, eight, seven. So he can kind of go, you know, set him to any of those three ways. Um, his volume really pushed pushed him up over some of these guys, and and same with the rebounding. Um, over definitely over Trauber, but over over the other guys, it was just the pure volume for over Raffi and over. You know, whoever else we did. But he also has a little bit more rebounding than those guys too, which helps. He can block a little bit. It's just he's almost the guy that he's just not there. I mean, he's only 23, but, man, it'd be fun to have him for a season and see what you could put around him and just see what what kind of shots he can get up now. I don't know what he he did for progressions, but it looks like he's taking jumps Every year, I'm searching real quick. Yeah, he gained 15 three point. The guy's gonna guy should average, I would guess, over 30, um, or close to 30 next year with just the jumps he took. Now, 
Chile did not have Barber listed on his top 20, which is really, really um, crazy to me just because of what he brings on the offensive end. He had Rafi in his top 10. He has Trauber in his top 10. He actually has Lou and Doyle, who I have both in my top 10, out of the top 10. So it just shows the hit Kowalski at 19. It just shows how different and varying everyone's thoughts are and what would make, not that we I would want to do this, but what would make drafting so much fun. Redrafting, I guess, would be the better term. But, yeah, Barber is pencil him in for 30 and, and 10, 30 and, you know, 30 and 9 with a block and a half, and he doesn't foul, which is another nice thing. He averaged 2.3 fouls. That was, you know, that pushes him up. You know he's going to stay on the court, and that that's big come playoff time. You saw that with Jodson and fucking the Kings. So, let's see. What is my, how, what, how much time are we at here? We are at oh, 33. We are we are plowing through, although I do want to spend a little bit more time talking about the, the top guys, so might have to cut this short and then go back to it later in the, you know, not later, but kind of do what Goulet and I did and go back. Um, so moving on to 11, I have air. Right? Is that 11? Yeah. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Okay, yep, 11. I have Air. He's on the Raptors now. This was a big, big midseason trade that kind of catapulted the Raptors from, you know, I think they were like 7-19 or something, to the, to, the, uh, to the finals, actually. Guy can score. His, his 2J is one of the higher in the games. He gets the line. He shoots threes at an effective clip, and he steals. And I, you know, he doesn't do a ton else, but as a shooting guard, he still rebounds particular, like not particularly well, but well enough. He he passes a little bit, but he still got the nine drive offense, which is you know hard to stop. And he did take a little hit in in defense, so there's a chance that I have him ranked too high as I look back through. I think that just knowing that he's gonna give you thirty. There's not many guys in the league that do that on a consistent basis, that he is that good, that, you know, it took until the Zampa trade for the Raptors to for me to say they were the best team in the conference, and everyone's going to rip me apart because everybody says the Hornets still are. But, you know, when you can put air on that team and really show what a scorer next to Lou is it made it looks like it made Lou's life a little bit easier too. So I might have him a few spots high because he kinda has the same problem with his defense. But I still think he wins most matchups and therefore I'd want him in as as one of my guys. Especially one of my top guys. Um Chili had him at seven, so it is it's one of those one of those guys that he might not have every rating, but he he does enough. Uh, let's see, where did Ricky? Ricky didn't number is three, six, nine. Ricky had him at ten, so I actually had him lowest of of the three guys. Ricky had Trauber at eleven, and Barber all the way down at at fourteen. 
So, you know, again, three different GMs, two good ones, and me. And, and you see what they value comparatively to me. And that's what makes this fun for me, is I see what everybody else says, and then, you know, I try not to suck as much later. All right, top ten. We're going to go back to the Pacers. Pacers have a seven seed, and they have two guys on this list. Sad. Um, we're going to go to Mayor. I have him probably lower than other people. Um, and, you know, that that's fine. His steals is insanely high. His defense is 9758, but the problem is he's small forward, power forward, so you're not really playing him at at power forward. He's just he's not gonna be as great there without you know, he's only got the five PD. He can block, he's a good rebounder, and it finally his volume went up to the point that he became a, a, a solid enough score. He averaged eighteen this year on a good percent. Um yeah, but for me, if if I have any qualm with him, it's that he doesn't have that PD to consistently be a, a starting power forward in this league, and that, that kind of limits where he was on this list. Oh, fuck. Um, what's fun about him is, you, I, I would assume, and I don't go through some of the box scores, is that he probably has some of the fun box scores in the league where, you know, he might not get to 10 points, but he probably has... 10 rebounds, 7 steals, and 5 or 6 blocks. You know, he's one of those guys um, that kind of does something, a little bit of everything, even if it's not scoring, and every team needs that. Um, But, yeah, Creasy's had good success with him, not amazing success, but three years with him, he's, he's gone up in points every year. So it's fun to see... You know, a guy that clearly wasn't getting the bumps and then all of a sudden became, you know, a much better player now than he was. He's not a guy, like, I would have trouble building around him. I see the value. Um, but I'm more for role players than anything else. So I talked to Mike, and Mike gave me a top five. Mike had Mayor in his top five um, for the pure fact of that he can score, and then he gives you so much other stuff that he's he's a fun guy to build with. And I, I don't disagree, and I have him 10, but I like the, I'll take the guy that's going to give me 30, and I'll find other ways to, to build around. So I have a preference towards guys that can score. I totally understand where everyone's coming from with the love for this guy. I just don't have him as high. Ricky has him in the top five as well. Yeah, Ricky has him four. And Chili has him eight. So I, I I have him lowest. I completely get that. But for me, I just I'd rather build around guys that score. Hence why some of the guys, you know, that might be lower for people, I have higher like Zampa or Rafi. Just because. What the fuck? Alright, moving to nine. This is my surprise into the top ten. And this was definitely because I haven't looked at his team. But Cameron Towles from the Hawks. The guy should be averaging like 25, 7, and 5 with, you know, two and a half steals and playing good defense. And he should shoot a good percent. He is, 
you know, the... He doesn't have the 2GA, but his 3GA is 98 and his percent is 40. 35-63 rebound, 57 assists, 53 steal, 9-6-4-6 offense, and 7-8-6-5 defense. He's three positions, so, you know, he might not be able to defend every power forward, but, you know, and he can't really rebound with them, but Barber's rebounding is no different playing power forward, and then he has the passing and three-point with the 9-0. Like, he would be a tough matchup at power forward, but coincidentally, you put him at shooting guard with those with the rebounds, he's all of a sudden, you know, he's solid there, and his, his defense is actually better built for shooting guard. I just... I think on a different team, he's he could average you know, maybe not twenty five, but maybe twenty three, seven and five. I with good defense. I just I've never actually I haven't looked at this guy since I think he bounced around from the Pacers to the Clippers. I just I haven't looked at him and looking. I don't know when he got this big jump for threes. I would assume it's this off season because I think. He would have taken more threes if it was before this offseason. But, man, curious to see what he what he is next year. Yeah, so he averaged 27-5 and five last year. So I'm expecting a, a jump just based on the ratings. And for me, anybody that can do those three things, over 20 points, over about seven or eight rebounds, and then over five assists is good in my book. And on top of it, he plays defense. Get some steals, so I'm excited to see to see him. And I don't have his pick, so I can root for him this year. But yeah, he Ricky Ricky didn't even have him in the top twenty, and I think that's what the the fun and the volatility is. Is that I have a guy ranked ranked ninth, and Ricky has him ranked twenty first, I think, and then I had a guy ranked twenty second, and Ricky has him seventh or eighth in, in Johnson. So it's just it's crazy what people value. I like the versatility and the fact that he does a little bit of everything that really puts him over the top on top of the fact that he has good D one through nine and good O one through nine. So now we're getting into eight. I have Jackson Doyle for the Hornets. Um, I think that what makes him so good too is the fact that his team overall is just um, better with his team was built with Doyle as somebody that they needed points from, which was nice. He gave them over 21. But point guard is so weak that it's easier for him to score, and which is what makes him so much better than you know what he might be. He also he averaged six and a half rebounds. He actually act as a point guard only. He aver- he actually averages less assists than rebounds, which is really funny. But he does get steals. Um, I think what makes him far and away incredible is how low his foul rate is. He averages 1.54 fouls in 38 minutes. So he's he's a guy that, you know, on paper, he should not be shooting 39% from three because he's 26-35, but I think that you know, we talk about hitting ratings all the time. He clearly has it because he, he shoots at or above ratings. And then he does something a little bit else of everything. You know, if you if you put him in a shooting guard, I don't know that he shoots as well just for the pure fact that there's actually better defenders there. But, 
you look around the league, there's not a ton of point guard defenders. So, you know, he comes in, he, he's got the 9DD, he's got the 9DO. So it's just, he's, he's not a fun matchup. He's not somebody that you can sleep on. And then he, on top of it, he probably gets more steals than what his, his ratings deem. So he got almost four steals a game. And then you go over to the Kings, he got more steals than Trauber with 22 less, less steal. And Divine has 18 more steal, and he had more than him as well. So clearly he just he's somebody that plays above what his ratings say, on top of the fact that he never comes off the court and he plays at a weaker position. It's really, to me, a no-brainer of taking him in the top 10. Um... Let's see, where did Ricky have him? So Chili had him at 11. Ricky had him at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Uh, 8, which is right where I have him. So, yeah, right in that, that range seems about right, 8 to 11. And he's the guy that I guarantee you if, if X had the fourth pick, he's going fourth. Like, it just... Certain pl- people like that kind of point guard. Um, moving on to, to six, I have I have Lou. Um, I will be doing a podcast probably after rookies are put on pages, depending on when, when that is and everything, about trade value. And, you know, as far as trade value goes, Lou would be top three. Trade value will take into account age, contract, all that. This list is just one year, one player. Chili actually has Lou at 12. Ricky had Lou. Oh, Ricky had at nine. And I have him at seven. So I don't think, you know, we're completely off. But you keep waiting for him to take that massive leap. He, he still has his, his volumes low. I mean, he's a great rebounder. He gets steals, he blocks. His defense is seven six six seven, so he, clearly he can do a little bit of it all. But he's not, you know, in the playoffs. Chile had said to me that the Zampa Lou combo of having six PD at both spots was not going to be solid on on Jodson. And you saw, I mean, would Jodson put up a sixty game? So, you know, you you got to wait. Lou's only twenty three, so he can definitely still get there. This is not, but for one season. Just all the little things he does, the fact that you don't have to worry about rebounding, the fact that you don't have to really go elsewhere and like push to find steals or blocks. And he, he still can defend the outside, you know, the, the mismatch big. And he's still going to put certain guys in foul trouble. But, you know, Chile getting 22 a game out of him every year, 22.1, 22.8, 22.7. That's a, probably what he's going to be in line with next year just because he doesn't have the volume to, to, to jump that. Um, I have Bjorn, 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 nope, I don't, I lied. I have Falwell at six. So Falwell didn't have a great year last year with the Hornets. He's on the Hornets, by the way, everybody. But he has that nine D.O., and that is just an awful matchup nightmare for anybody at the, the power forward position. Um, he's a solid rebounder, and he has steals too. So, he, you know, he has a little bit of blocks. 
Falwell, I think, was in the same draft class as, as Barber. And for me, obviously, right now, Falwell is a, is a better player. He's got the free throws. He shoots a three, but he doesn't shoot it particularly well, so you would like to see him get better at that and maybe grab a few more rebounds, although it looks like you know there was just a ton of rebounding on his team with Chow and, and Wentz that I think knocks down his, his rebounding a little bit. But Falwell has the, the volume. He has the free throw. He has the mismatch at power forward with the 9-D-O. And then he has the 8-P-D. So, you know, he goes um, 6 5 eight, 8 so he can stop the outside guy a little bit. He's just, he's just almost there. You just wish he had a little bit more... A little bit more volume, and he would be an absolute stud. But averaging only 22 points, even with the volume and, and the free throw, maybe it's time to, to turn down the second. You know, for me, I, I would crank him up, especially with the free throw, and, and turn everybody else around him down and let him let him feast. But he, you know, he's another guy that you, you slot him in at power forward, and you really don't have to worry about <clears throat> worry about anything. And that, that's a nice feeling. So I have him at six or seven. I keep losing track of where I am. Yeah, I have him just ahead of Lou. For the pure fact he's got more of the, the volume, even though they average the same points, I think that has something to do with more team makeup than it does with, with the, the players themselves. So would love to see Falwell get to you know 25 a game or so next season, especially with Chow gone and a little bit more passing with Patton. All right, moving on. So at five, I have the MVP himself. I have Bjornsson. Ricky had him as number one, which was a complete and utter shock to me. Everybody I spoke to, I talked to Omar. Omar had Divine. Andre had Divine. Um, SCDN had Divine. And Ricky had Bjornsson. And... Just so you guys know, he doesn't even have divine number two. But Bjornsson is a freak. I mean, there's no he's he's offensively he's he's getting towards where Jotson was is as far as what the numbers look like. He actually probably shoots a better percentage than Jotson, um, and that's even with shooting three. So he he even shoots way better at twos than Jotson. Um, Rebounds at a very high clip. Now, some of the other guys have had similar rebounding, but they don't rebound as much. I think that you know, 76ers are playing at such a high pace that there's just more rebounds in their game. But what Bjornsson doesn't have, um, comparatively, he doesn't, he doesn't block a ton. And then he turns it over, not a lot, but for a non-ball handler, you know, he's turning it over almost two times a game, which I guess isn't awful, especially with the pace that they play at. But, man, this guy has just progressively every year got better. 76ers, just volume everywhere. Their their games are going to be fun. They scored 116 last year. I wouldn't be shocked if they get closer to the 120 mark with how, how much they shoot. Jeez. But Bjornsson himself um, would like the FTA a little bit better. You know, if that was up over 50, he'd be, you know, not only the scoring aspect, but getting guys in foul trouble, which... 
JSB doesn't always take players out, and then they fall out in the third quarter, which we've seen in multiple slow sims. So it's not even about getting them out for stretches. It's about getting them out for the last 12 minutes of a game. Um, Bjornsson has better defense than I thought when I originally had looked. 5-4-9-2. I, I always thought that he had, like, the the 7 or 8 PD, but he actually he's got there, and his offense is very well-rounded, 6-6-9-5. Six, six, um, I don't have much bad to say about him. I just... There's four guys over him in the league that I think are better. I don't think I'm crazy. Some people may have him higher. Um, I was talking to SCDN. He had him over... Who did he have him him over? Uh, He had... Yeah, so he had him third with Falwell at five. He had no fairer... Fairer? Fairer? Marco. So, yeah, and he had Air at 7 and Lou at 8. So it's just, it's funny that, you know, these guys still obviously are mixed match. I don't think anyone would be upset having the sixth pick and getting, you know, Bjornsson or Fallwall or Ferrer. But it's just, you know, I personally have Bjornsson because of the, the volume over Fallwell um, and a little bit better defense. So moving on to four, this is where it gets a little bit of fun for me. I have Marco. I'm going to end up having to cut this out, aren't I? Yeah, so I have Marco at four. Um, guy's just a game changer, especially in the playoffs. You know, especially now, they don't have Evan. So now he's got Marco and Chow, which both can play the two, three, or four, which is just really scary, especially come playoff time. Um when I talked to Omar, Omar had Marco second. Ricky has Marco 1-2 with Bjornsson. He actually told me that he would switch them, so he would have Marco 1 and Bjornsson 2. And then uh, he was top top 3, I think, for Andre. And then he was fourth for for Chile. Chile and I actually, outside of 5 and 6 swapping, we had the top 6 guys the same. Um, but Marco is just, you know, we've talked about him, and Goulet has talked about him. He's just, he's solid on offense, but, man, that defense, averaging over four steals, he's a matchup. He can, you know, slow down anyone, 9-8, 6-9, even if you got to throw him that power forward. Those steals will more than make up for his lack of PD. And he rebounds at a, at a solid clip for somebody that has shooting guard um, eligibility. Um, I don't see him on anybody's board slipping past six. I just think the what he does on a team, even if it's not all offense, even though he does, he scored twenty points a game last year. His defensive impact is well beyond what the offensive impact is. An easy top five for me. Um, third, I have Jodson. Uh, there's not really much to say about him. He can just flat score. Goulet has said it. I've said it. Kay just said it. He's not been able to be stopped by anybody come playoffs. Even last year when the Sonics beat the Kings, I think he averaged 29 on 56% or whatever the hell it was. Um, he doesn't really rebound. He doesn't really. He gets a few blocks. 
His defense is meh. It's four five nine three. He's got the nine PU, which he's center only, so he's not seeing a ton of mismatch. But you put him out there, and he gets twenty nine to thirty two points every game. It's such a luxury, and the guy doesn't foul. One point eight four fouls a game. Then in the playoffs, he was at two point five. Their pace increase. He averaged thirty four points a game in the playoffs in sixteen games. When it's supposed to get harder, he actually got better. It's why I think that even if Divine leaves, the Kings can be a top four seed in Maynard next year. Because there's no, you know, unless Divine gets traded to the Thunder or, you know, the Sonics or something like that, something crazy, he's still going, they're still going to be there. They have two of the top 14 players in the league outside of Divine. So, yeah. Um, Ricky had, Chili and I both had him three. And then Ricky had him five. He had uh, Mayor at four. Omar had uh, Jodson at two. Andre had... Oh, boy. I just swiped through. Sorry, guys. Uh, And the bright side, Andre has told me that he has a Kowalski jersey, which he sleeps with. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, whatever. He had him in his top three. So, I don't think that's out of the question. I think that Jodson is is that good. But, man, can sit a guy there, play solid defense, and he, he's going to give you 30 points. That's a no-brainer for me. Uh, at two, I have Sand. Uh I guess you don't really have to talk about the top guys because this is pretty obvious, but his volume, he shoots at a, you know, not as great of a percent as you would like. Um, I guess for him, you play him at point guard because there's not as a ton of defense, but he doesn't really pass, and I think that that would be something you wish you saw. Um, he does have a high steals. And, uh, he averaged 3.22 steals. Um, but he fouls a ton. He averaged over four fouls a game, which hurts him like it hurts divine and they both fall shitload um sand is you know he he's gonna be sought after but you know people prefer him but i don't think it's close i have divine one ricky had him three and everybody else i talked to had him one guy can score guy passes not a great rebounder he steals he's super efficient although he shot like shit from three this year but last year he shot close to 40, I believe. It's just, you know, there's a reason that he won two straight MVPs. There's a reason that the Kings went 78-4, and four, and that was this guy. Um, his defense did slip this year. He's a 7-5-2-5, and he's got 89 steal, 50 assists. His rebounding sucks. But, man, he's a guy, you know, Mike waited and waited, and finally the guy took off. At the same time that Jodson and Trauber did, I mean, he did a great job putting three of the top 15 guys together on a team. But, man, I'm going to be curious where he goes. You know, he has three other shooting guards on his roster, so I don't think Divine stays. Um, between him and Sand, I would rather sign Divine for the contract, but I know X and probably Bowles would really rather have Sand. But... Divine takes the cake for me at at one, and for me it's not even really close. He scores, 
he passes and he gets to the free throw line, which is which is huge. So I'm out and glad Creasy didn't win this year.